a little bit of background is we understand that Adam, Adam was not Adam's name. Adam never knew his name. Because Adam never knew his name, he took on his kind as his name. Adam was not his name. Adam means mankind. Mankind. Every time, he, when you watch, if you pay attention and you follow the book of Genesis, every time God refers to, and he took the man. When he says, and he took the man, if you look at the translation of man, it's Adam. Amen. Because that wasn't his name, that was his kind. But because Adam sinned, he never got his name. So he wound up naming himself after his kind. That's the Adamic nature. The Adamic nature names itself after its kind because it never becomes a son. So what kind of believer are you? I'm a Baptist, right? That's my kind. I'm a, I'm a holiness. I'm a non-denominational. I'm the kind that's quiet. I'm the kind that gets mad easy. I'm the quiet that don't, I'm the kind that don't put up with a whole bunch of foolishness. I'm this kind, I'm that kind, I'm this kind. And so we're all being, uh, those under the Adamic nature are all subject to, to staying true to a kind, therefore never enter into being a son. Amen. So under the Adamic nature, we define ourselves by a kind. When we're called to be holy, which means one of a kind. And until we're one of a kind, we cannot properly influence mankind. The reason why we're not effectively helping mankind enter into deliverance is because we're a kind just like them. A kind can't deliver a kind. We do not release people out of bondage by relating to them. We release people out of bondage by being sons of God, by manifesting sonship. I got a struggle just like yours. Well, we just two people with a struggle. Neither one of us are free. My marriage is hard like yours. Well, we just both got dysfunctional marriages. Neither one of the marriages are delivered. We wind up being at the pool called Bethesda, waiting for another handicapped man to put us in the water when the water's troubled. Do you understand how ridiculous it was for that man to think somebody else at that pool, when the angel came down, could put him in the water? Everybody around the pool couldn't walk. Everybody around the pool was lame. I'm expecting another lame man to help me get in the You can't get somebody that has your issue to help you get out of your issue. You're going to be there for 38 years. But we would rather find somebody that can relate to us than find somebody that's willing to rebuke us. We, are, we choose relate instead of rebuke and wind up staying in something we do not have to stay in. Amen? Amen. I need somebody to understand me. No, you need somebody that does not look like you that can tell you you ain't got to look like that. Amen? Watch this. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 47, I'm going to share some things. I just want to make it clear, Adam wasn't his name. We didn't know our name until Jesus came. Read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, by whom all the family in earth, heaven and earth is named. We didn't know our name until Jesus came. Until Jesus came, every man named himself after a kind. Once Jesus came, we found our name. In the name of Jesus means my name is in his. Amen? And that's all review. That's stuff that we've dealt with, but that's our name. We're, it, heaven and earth is named by him. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 47. Amen. I want to start here. 
It says, the first man is of the earth. He's talking about Adam. Talking about Adam, the first man. He's of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Y'all see that? As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthly. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Amen. We don't have the New King James, do we? Did I put New King James Version down for that one or just King James? That's the, really the one that I wanted, but it's all good. I'll read it. Verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the what? Heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, flesh and blood. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Father, we thank you and we bless you right now for the word of the Lord that flows like a river out of the belly that gives grace for men and women to become like trees and plant themselves by that river in such a way that fruit is brought forth in season, leaves never wither, and whatsoever is done, it's that which shall prosper. So we bless you for rivers and plantings of trees even on this day. It's in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. And God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to read that again because if you remember... On Wednesday, I dealt with the fact of Adam. Adam now, the Adamic nature. I dealt with the Adamic nature. First thing that, that to consider about the Adamic nature, it is a nature that relates more to a kind than being a son. I'm the kind of person, if you cross me once, you ain't going to get another chance. I feel more, when I'm under the Adamic nature, I feel more committed to that then the, the committed to being or submitted to being a son who says, if your brother offends you seven times, 70 times in a day, you ought to forgive him. Amen. I, because I'm the kind that don't trust people after they cross me once, I feel no accountability submit to, to now forgiving my brother seven times, 70 times. I feel no accountability to when I'm slapped on the right cheek to turn to the left cheek because that's just not the kind, Right? a person that I am. When we're under the Adamic nature, we think our kind gives us a pass from submitting to what the Bible says a son functions in, and it doesn't. It doesn't. So number one is a kind. Number two, he said, you shall dig through the dust until you return to the dust. Those under the Adamic nature continue to dig through their own dirt until they actually return to the own dirt that they came out of. Why am I still fighting with depression? I dig through that until I go back into depression. You know, why don't nobody love me? I dig through that until I go back into rejection. Those under the Adamic nature think their answer for their problem is digging in their own dirt, analyzing their own problem, figuring out what went wrong. How did I get here? What do I need to do to fix it? And there are no answers in the dirt. There's only you returning to the dirt. What we call backslide is just a whole bunch of people trying to do self-help, self-examination, and have allowed psychology to creep into what we call faith and trying to use self-help methods to try to fix their self instead of use self-denial faith in order to enter into new life. God don't need us to fix ourselves. He needs us to, to die to self. We cannot talk about faith if we don't talk about crucifixion. Amen. We don't need to fix the part of us that gets depressed. God wants us to crucify the part of us that gets depressed until there's no more parts of us that are susceptible to depression. Wow. 
Your deliverance is in your death, not in a method to cope. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 47, New King James Version. I'm going to read this. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. Everybody say dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of the dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, if we could get that up because I want to show, show them that, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Now I say that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Amen? Now, I must read that again, verse number 50. Now, I say that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Amen? And I'm going to go from there. One thing that I love about being at home is I feel no pressure to have to stimulate people who want to have what they call a, a, a high time in God. I want to sit and teach and ground and root. And so I love home because I can just do that. This is what I want to do today. I don't want to hoot and holler. I want to root. I want to root today. I believe a root is, is greater than a hoot. You get the right root, you won't have to hoot your, your way through it. You can live through it. Amen. And, and so now, I'm going to read that again. Now, I say that flesh and blood cannot what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does corruption inherit what? incorruption. As long as we bow to the order of being a kind. When I say order of being a kind, trying to define who I am based off of a kind. I'm the kind of person that, that, that don't like this. I'm the kind of person that's like this. I'm the kind of person. As long as we bow to, that's an order. That is a, is a governing order that we subject ourselves to. We're not allowed to inherit sonship. In short, as long as we're a kind, we can't be a son. Amen. To how much we relate and define ourselves by being a kind of believer, a kind of person, a kind of worker, we cannot be a son. So to the measure to which we subject ourselves to being a kind, to that measure, we're in the flesh. To the measure we subject ourselves to being a kind, to that measure we're in the flesh. And flesh and blood, come on, cannot inherit the kingdom of God. To the measure I subject myself to being a kind, I'm in the flesh. And flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. God. Now, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 39. I want to show you that. I'm going to speed up in a minute, and we can do that, King James. I want to show you something. Amen. As long as we say, I'm the kind of believer that this, I'm the kind of person that's this, I'm the kind of person that gets mad when I'm hungry, I'm the kind of this, as much as, to the degree that our life is defined by different kinds, to that degree we're in our flesh. To the degree we're in our flesh, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. We cannot be sons of God. Amen. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So, so 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 39, and we're just doing straight King James Version. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 39, watch this. All flesh is not the same what? Flesh. But there is one 
kind of flesh of men, another kind of flesh of beasts, another of fishes, and another of birds. As long as we're in the flesh, all we can be is a kind. There is a kind of flesh of men. There is a kind of flesh of fish. And there is a kind of flesh of beasts. As long as I'm in the flesh, I'm the only difference between me and, the, and, me and the fish is they got a flesh of scales and I got a flesh of meat. The only difference between me and the beast is they got a flesh of fur and I got a flesh of, of meat. Of skin, amen. And so, to the degree that we now subject ourselves to a to a kind, we're only a kind of flesh. Everybody, follow what I'm saying. So, when we submit to being a kind, we minimize ourselves to being only a kind of flesh. And to the degree we're a kind of flesh, we have no power to influence mankind. We cannot bring men that think they're a kind back into their sonship because we ourselves are just a kind of flesh. Our assignment is to bring men out of the bondage of being a kind. I'm the kind that gets depressed. I'm the kind that, that loses. I'm to bring them out of that bondage. Because why? Because that means if you're that kind, you're going to be constantly subjected to the category of whatever that is. Our job as sons is to say you don't have to subject yourself to being a kind. You can enter into sonship. And, and, and the world knoweth you not. Glory be to God. That depression don't know you. Anxiety can't, doesn't know you. Sickness doesn't know you. Divorce doesn't know you. Amen. And so now this is the challenge that we have. There are more people in church who are a kind of believer than there are people in the church who are sons of God because we are in the midst of a predominantly backslidden church expression. Watch this. That has taught being in the flesh as being led by the spirit. We have actually been taught being in the flesh is being led by the spirit. See, you just the kind that lose it. God know you that kind that lose it like that. He understands that. No, that's being in the flesh. And we've taught that as if that's spiritual. Amen. We've taught that as if that's spiritual. I want to take understanding of flesh to a, to a deeper place. We understand that flesh is a mindset. To be carnally minded is Death, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We already know that flesh is a mindset, spirit is a mindset. And, and flesh is a mindset that sees things in a way that's different from the way God sees them. We already know that. I want to take it a step further and give us a little bit more robust um, definition of flesh or the flesh. Amen. The flesh, this is what, what makes flesh flesh as well. The flesh gains identity by what it's in, while sons gain identity by what's in them. The flesh gains identity by what it's in, while sons gain identity by what's in them. The kingdom is within you. Sons do not gain identity by the family they're in. Sons do not gain identity by the situation they're in. Sons don't gain identity by how much money they got or they don't got. Sons gain identity solely by now the spirit of the living God that's in them while those in the flesh gain identity by what they're in. 
coming out of the world doesn't mean not doing anything in the world. We got to come out of the world. We got to come out of the world. What does that mean? What does that look like? That means you don't go to grocery store. That means you don't go to football games. What does that mean? You know what it means to come out of the world? Coming out of the world doesn't mean not doing anything in the world. It means not deriving any of our identity from the world around us, but instead the kingdom world within us. I go to all those things, but none of those things tell me who I am. Adam allowed a kind to give him identity because of sin. Because sin caused him to derive his identity by what he was in. Sin caused Adam to derive his identity by what he was in. What was Adam in? Flesh. Flesh first and foremost ain't evil. It's what God gave us as spirit beings. He gave us a body of flesh through which the spirit, to house the spirit, through which we can express in the natural realm the, the spiritual intentions of God. Flesh, your body is an evil. So I got to get out my flesh. I got to cut off my flesh. No, 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 take care of it. Get a haircut. It's just flesh. No, get your hair done. It's just flesh. no. Go to the gym and exercise. Amen? So, so Adam, now because he sinned, gained his identity by what he was in, the flesh. Adam was in a flesh body, but was not supposed to attempt to derive identity from the flesh he was in, but from the spirit breath breathed into his flesh. Man, God breathed into dirt, and dirt became a living soul. Once breath got in dirt, you could no longer call dirt dirt because now dirt had something within it for which to tell it it wasn't dirt anymore. The breath that was in Adam was, was, was what was supposed to give Adam his identity, not the flesh he was in. The breath in the flesh, not the flesh itself. The breath in the flesh and not, come on, the flesh itself. The flesh now gains identity by what it's in, while sons gain identity by what's in them. Adam wound up being named a kind, never becoming a son, watch this, because sin confined him to a dimension called flesh in the which what he was in had authority to tell him who he was. Can I, can I help you understand flesh a little bit further? The flesh is a dimension of life in which what we're in has authority to tell us who we are. I was in, watch this, an abusive relationship. Therefore, I am a person that has trust issues. Why do I have trust issues? Because of what I was in or because I'm in the flesh? Do I need sympathy or do I need repentance? I was involved in church hurt. 
Therefore, I have issues with the church, and I have issues with church leadership. Because I was in church hurt, therefore, I'm church hurt. I gained my identity by what I was in, not what was supposed to be in me. <laughs> the kingdom is within you. So what I'm saying is this. If you got church hurt, or outwardly, but you have inside of you the kingdom that says by his stripes you were healed, which reality do you live in when you're hurt? If I have living in me by his stripes I am healed, when I get hurt, that hurt has no right to reverse me being healed. But now me being healed, if I don't allow me being hurt to tell me I'm church hurt, but the fact that by his stripes I'm healed, what happens is I never actually get hurt, glory be to God, because the healing kingdom within me caused the hurt around me to submit. I'm only hurt when I don't have the right thing cultured within me. No, you're in church hurt because you're in the flesh. I was raised in a family where I was a daddy's baby, not a baby's daddy. Y'all got it? I was a daddy's baby, not a baby's daddy. In other words, my dad had a fling with my mom, and he went on flinging, right? And he left me there with, to be raised by my mom. Therefore, because, glory be to God, because I was in a family where my daddy wasn't there, I have a dysfunctional perspective towards women and I want to, I have a perverted view. I want them physically, but the only reason why I want them physically is because my daddy or the family that I was, oh, glory be to God. But my, my problem with that is if you say you're saved, although my daddy may not have been there, I have a a kingdom in me called the spirit of adoption by which we cry Abba, glory, Abba Father. So the father within me trumps the daddy that wasn't there around me. So what's in me doesn't, doesn't allow what's around me to tell me who I am. See, once you get the kingdom, it don't matter where you are. It doesn't change who you are. Who are you in the middle of a defeat, victorious? Who are you while you're sick, healed? Who are you? It has nothing to do with what I'm in. It has everything to do with the kingdom world within me and my devotion to cultivating it. Amen. I was raised in a family where wasn't no men around me. I was raised by women. So that's why I have feminine tendencies and that's why I act like a woman. I act like a girl because that was around me. And what do we do? Under the Adamic culture and Adamic nature, we will now allow someone who gives that testimony to say, you got to understand, he was raised around women. But no, 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 when the kingdom comes in you, the kingdom is let us make man. 
in our image and after our likeness. Let us make man, woman and man, male and female. So once the kingdom comes in you, male is in you and it's separated from female. You do not have to be separated from females outwardly to act like a man inwardly because when the kingdom comes within you, it will cause you to man up. And so we're trying to lead an Adamic race that wants to find their identity by what's around them when God says, I want to put the kingdom within you so it don't matter who molested you. It don't matter who left you. It don't matter who ain't with you. It don't matter who betrayed you. The kingdom is within you. I am not what I'm in. I am what's in me. My God, I am not what I'm in. I am what's in me. I'm going to say that again. I am not what I'm in. The question is what's in you right now. Joy is in me right now. Peace is in me right now. Confidence is in me right now. Being in the flesh means only being able to be who you are based off of what you're in not being permitted to become anything outside of that. Who are you? And who told you that's who you are? That's the question we got to ask today. Who are you? And who told you that's who you are? That what is what you were in tell you that's who you are? Or is what's in you told you that's who you are? Because when God comes, he says you are loved. When God comes, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When God comes in you, he says, nay, in all things, you're more than a conqueror through the Lord Jesus Christ. When God comes, no weapon formed against you is able to prosper. When God comes, you shall live and not die to declare the works of the living God. When God comes, he'll raise you up in due time. Who told you who you are, what you're in or what's in you? And if what we're in is telling us who we are, we must question if we have what's supposed to be in us. I'm having problems, so I'm frustrated. No, the problem I'm in, y'all ain't hearing me, does not have the power to tell me who I am. Even in a problem, the Bible says, and the peace of God shall guard your heart and your mind. If my problem doesn't tell me who I am, the kingdom within me tells me who I am. So in the midst of dire straits, I have peace. Who are you, what you're in or what's in you? Who are you, what you're in or what's in you? Come on, answer the question. Who are you right now? What's your in or what's in you? Who are you? What's your in or what's in you? You know how to live out of what's in you instead of what you are? You got to learn how to eat. See, our problem is we want to live out of the kingdom within us, but we don't know how to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Glory be to God. So that means in the middle of the problem, guess what I eat? Peace that surpasses all understanding. I have peace. No, no, no. You do not eat without opening your mouth. In the midst of my problem, I open my mouth and I eat. I have peace that surpasses all understanding. And he shall guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. He is the prince of peace. And on the day he rose from the dead, he breathe in them peace my God you got to learn how to eat you 
you can't have nothing in you, you ain't eating. See, we'll get frustrated when we won't eat flesh, when we won't eat his flesh, but then turn around and eat our own. It's like somebody eating cake five days straight, getting on a scale and mad because they gained 15 pounds. Man, I gained 15 pounds. Look what you was eating. We do that in the spirit. I'm worried. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. And then turn around to God and say, why do I want to give up? God, why are you letting me be? Well, look what you ate. That's why you're heavier. Y'all don't want to talk to me. That's why. Look what you've been eating. That's why you're heavier. You've been eating all that junk flesh. You've been eating all that. But I'm here to tell somebody right now, we're about to get light up in here. Is there anybody in here that recognizes, glory be to God, that I am not heavy, I'm light. I am not bad, I'm good. This is not hard, it's easy. I am not defeated, I got victory. I am not stressed, I got peace. I dare somebody to stand to your feet and eat something up. Being in the flesh means being defined by what we're in. Entering into adoption means being set apart by what's in us. I'm going to say that again because I thought that was pretty profound when I wrote it. So I just want you to hear the profoundness of what I heard. I'm playing. Being in the flesh means being defined by what we're in. Entering into adoption means being set apart by what's in us. Amen? Watch this. You know what the good news is about that? That means we're not where we are right now. We are what's in us right now. I want to talk to the house. We're not where we are right now. We are what's in us right now. See, when the kingdom is within you, you are not where you are. You're, you are what's in you. See, can I talk to the house? I know GRRC is in, Dor in, in Darlington. I know it's a local church, but we're not where we are. We are what's in us. And I believe and I know in me is every nation, every kindred, every tongue, and every people. We are not a local church. We are an international church. Pastor, how can you say that? Because I am not where I am. I am what's in me. And I got nations in me. I got tongues in me. I got cultures in me. I We are not where we are. We are what's in us. See, some of you need to get real excited because you're in a small place, but you got big things going on on the inside of you. I'm going to say that again. See, you're in a small place at your job. You're in a small place in your life. You're in a small place in your career, but there's big stuff going on on the inside of you. At your job, big stuff is happening. In your closet, big stuff is happening. I'm here to tell you, you are not in the small place you're in. You're in the big place that was what's happening on the inside of you. And as you're so prospers, so shall you. What's around you is going to start looking like what's happening in you. My God, is something happening to you in the morning? What's around you is going to start looking like that? Is something happening to you throughout the day? 
say what's around you is about to start looking like that? If you're in poverty right now, you're not poor. If there's something rich happening on the inside of you. That's why the poor can say there. I am not I am not where I am. I'm what's in me. Amen. As we cultivate the kingdom world within us, we no longer fall victim to being identified by the world around us that we're in. Once what's around us can't tell us we're a kind because of the sonship within us, then the son within us can begin bringing the kinds around us into sonship. How many kinds around you have you led into sonship? See, there are, there are, there are women around you that have a kind of husband, that they have a kind of way to handle that husband. How many of you have brought them into sonship? Come on, there are husbands around here that got a kind of marriage and expect a kind of thing to happen. How many men in here have brought them into sonship? You're not a kind, you're a son. I'm the kind of man that you got to do this, this, and this. I'm the kind of woman that you got to do this, this, and this. And God strategically makes sure you get married to somebody that does none of it. We got to work on our marriage. No, you got to be delivered from wanting your kind. Why you don't think he don't do half the stuff you said you are? Well, I knew I wasn't going to get a few claps right then. They're, they ain't the problem you are. God has to deliver you because you think you can only function with a kind. So God is going to give you somebody that ain't nothing like your kind and help you get delivered. You're not a kind, you're a son. Come on, I wish I could get somebody to shout. We don't like that right there. I am not Tiffany Merritt's kind. Y'all know that, right? And she made me know it from the beginning. I don't like red men. I like bald-headed, dark men. I'm like, dog, I'm thinking, can I? put some shade on and cut my hair off, will it work? Are you just going to tell me you want a black man, a black bald-headed son? I don't look good bald-headed. My self-esteem hasn't fully recovered. Pray for me. Pray for me. Pray for me. Right? I like the kind of man who understands me, who listens to me, who thinks about me when they're out, who would just buy me things randomly, so forth and so on. And then her birthday come around, and it's August the 4th. And August the 4th, 9 a.m., what you want for your birthday? And she look at me just like that. And after 20 years of marriage, guess what I still do? What you want for you? Your birthday. And see, some of y'all ain't going to never get married because you actually think you're perfect and you can demand the kind when you ain't even the way you're supposed to be. How you going to tell somebody else what you want and what you ain't even in the image of God? I want this kind. Well, what about if somebody don't want your kind? I don't like your kind. I don't like the way you smack your lips when you get mad. I don't like kinds like that. I don't like kinds that roll their eyes. 
I don't like kinds that act like they don't hear me when I'm talking. How about that? What kind of you? What kind of you? Glory be to God. Trying to make me a kind. What kind are you? God delivers us by giving somebody that will not appease our kind, especially while we're still in a dysfunctional image. We're in a dysfunctional image talking about I know what I like. And some of the stuff you like got you in the hell you in now. Maybe you don't need everything you like. Well, marriage ministry one-on-one. Hey, hey, hey. Amen. Glory be to God. I already told my wife, baby, God forbid we ever aren't together. Ever. I don't ever want to be without my wife. But I promise you one thing. If you ever leave my life, you ain't got to worry about me getting remarried. I'm so serious. Because if, if a woman come up in my house and start rolling their eyes at me, I'm going to, oh, you get out. Because Tiffany never rolls her eyes at me. You start calling me names, not talking to me when I'm talking to you. Oh, no, you get up out of here. Deliver me, Lord. I made a mistake. I ain't got time for that. I, I'm, leading a, I'm leading a work. I ain't got no time to be babysitting a girl that wanna act, was supposed to be my wife acting like my girlfriend. I've already been through that. And guess what? The three-letter word ain't worth it. It's better to marry than burn. You're going to burn when you get married. That ain't worth it, bro. Bro, no, I can go without. Bro, that ain't worth it. No, nah, bro. It ain't worth it, bro. Marriage ministry one or one. Don't jump into somebody because all you're going to do is compare them to who you were, who you had. I know if I got married again, y'all be looking like, dog, she looked just like Tiffany. And I'll be looking back at y'all. I hope she act like her. <laughs> if she don't, she's, you ain't going to see her long. <laughs> She'll be gone soon. All right. Bless her. Back to the middle. Y'all play for me on that one. Pray for me. All right, put that first slide up. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 15, the New King James Version. Do we got that? 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 50, the New King James Version. Hey, Shanda. Horaman sikereboki andanda deribuku. Rendi ban sandi bababakansa. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 50, New King James Version. It reads here, now I say that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Watch this. Flesh cannot inherit kingdom. Flesh is the, now we understand what flesh is. Flesh is the dimension in which what we're in has authority to tell us who we are. In, to the degree we're a kind, we cannot inherit the kingdom 
of God. Believers who identify themselves as a kind because of what they're in are locked in an adolescent expression of faith. Why do I say an adolescent expression of faith? Because the kingdom must be inherited. It cannot be worked for. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Inheritance has nothing to do with effort and everything to do with coming of age. Those who stay locked in a kind never come to the age where they inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this is the crazier part about that because you know what we try to do is when we're babies, I just want to live right so I can make it in. I just want to be righteous. I just want to live for God and make it through the pearly gates. You can't want to do that and do that. You must inherit that. You only get that through growing up. You don't get that because you want it. That's an inheritance. I just want to live right. Well, you never will. Not till you grow up. Most of the people that say, I just want to live right, are people who ain't living right. Right? They're just people who are real religious. And ought to put makeup and say, no, I did. I put down my spirit and I picked up my flesh for a moment, but, but I just still want to be right. They're those type of people, very religious. Amen? But it goes on to say this. Neither does corruption inherit what? Incorruption. Neither does corruption, this is so powerful, inherit incorruption. Incorruption, amen, or righteousness, as I said before, is an inheritance, right? We can never inherit incorruption or righteousness through admitting and accepting our unrighteousness or through admitting and accepting our corruption. Corruption cannot inherit, y'all following me? Incorruption, right? By way of accepting our corruption. Everybody has their issues and I do what? Too. We all struggle. That is corruption trying to inherit in corruption. And there is no way. We just try our best, but we're going to fall. That is corruption trying to inherit in corruption. We all got this old nasty flesh that take us back sometimes. That is corruption. What? That, that is disqualified from inheriting in corruption. The church under the Adamic influence preaches the accepting of corruption as the means by which we become a kingdom expression. We just got to keep it real. Come on. I, don't sit up there and try to act like you holier than thou. Don't sit up there and try to act like you ain't got a closet. Don't sit up there and try to act like you got everything together. Don't sit up there and try to act like, and then everybody goes crazy. Why? Because we have been fooled into believing that somehow that Admitting our corruption is going to give us access to incorruption. God did not never said admit your corruption. He said confess your corruption. No, 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 no. I don't admit it. I confess it. Admit it means I do it. Confess it means I'm repenting and I'm not doing it no more. No more. No more. Right? Coming to into agreement with dysfunction can never cleanse us from dysfunction. How many of you have ever told what you struggle with? How many of you stopped struggling once you told that? How many of us have ever told our dirt, said this is what, what, what I do and this is what I fight with and how many of you have ever been able to get free by 
by doing it. Why? Because corruption can't inherit. Confession of corruption can never inherit in corruption. We don't. I, let me not use the word confession. That's a bad word for that one. Stating our corruption cannot inherit in corruption. Because confessing it means after you confess it, you, you confess to repent and turn. Stay, but we have turned from confessing to just stating, this is my struggle. This is my issue. Stating that corruption will not give us access to incorruption. Amen? And it disqualifies us from kingdom. Why is there so little kingdom in the church? So little people actually releasing heaven into earth. So many people release, so little people releasing the kingdom of God. Why are there so few people doing that? Amen. Because you can't, they can't inherit the kingdom to the degree they're trying to use corruption to do it. Amen. Go to me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 49. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the Shandabandi de Bukonsiata. Ramanda Baba Konsi. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to the name. It says, so and as we have borne the image of the what? Earthy, we shall also bear the image of the what? Heavenly. As we have bore the image of the earthy, so also we, might, uh, we will bear the image of the heavenly. I'm going to read that again. Amen. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, everybody say image. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Everybody say image. And then it goes on to say in verse 50, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the image of God. Amen. Y'all see that? We shall bear the image of the heavenly, but flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom. The kingdom of God is the what? Image of God. It is the image of the heavenly. We only inherit the image of the heavenly when we're not in our flesh or when we don't allow what's around us to tell us who we are. Because when we allow what's around us to tell us who we are, we will now try to use corruption to inherit incorruption. You know why? Because what's always all mostly around us? What's around us most of the time? Corruption. Right? Everybody's marriage is bad. Everybody getting divorces. Everybody's children are strained and having children out of wedlock. Everybody has, everybody in the church is fighting with depression. Everybody, and so now it's more easier for me to find my identity by what's more prevalent around me, which is corruption. The earth has never been more corrupt than it's possible. Yet, you got, God is going to raise up a remnant of people that are more pure than ever before. In the midst of the corruption, because these people, which me and you are now establishing a culture of right now, will be a people that will not identify themselves at all by anything corrupt around them because they understand they have within them the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Amen? So, so now what we got to understand is, so the kingdom is within us, Amen. So we're not under the jurisdiction of the nature of the corruption around us. I don't care though a thousand fall by my side and 10,000 by my right hand. It shall not draw nigh my 
dwelling place. Now watch this. I'm going to take it this step further, and we're going to close out for the day, and we're going to get ready, amen, for Florence. But I need y'all to see this, and I just thank God for a teaching place. I thank God for a teaching place. I just thank God that I can have a place to teach because I, I don't want nobody to invite me to their church to try to make me who? I like to teach. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 42. Watch this. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42. I'm, I'm going to share this with you. So powerful. Glory to the name of Jesus. It says here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 42. So also is the resurrection of the what? It is sown in corruption. It is raised in what? It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in what? Glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in what? It is sown a natural body. Everybody say natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. It is sown a natural body. It is, it is sown in corruption, raised in incorruption, sown in dishonor, raised in glory, sown in weakness, raised in power, sown a natural body, raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, flesh, and there is a spiritual body made out of glory. Flesh is made out of dirt. The natural body, flesh is made out of dirt. The spiritual body, spirit is made out of glory. And we'll deal with that later. So uh, the only place that you can search to figure out who I am is in glory. Because everything about me is made out of glory. The spiritual body is only out of glory. And we'll deal with that later. But I need y'all to understand this. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. I'm going to say that again. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. In other words, look at the principle in that because it's so profound. Accessing the spiritual body demands sowing the natural body. Our natural life isn't fruit life, it's seed life. I'm going to say that again because I, 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 I know that needs to seek in. Our natural life isn't fruit life, it's seed life. Who we are naturally Amen. When buried becomes the gateway to enter into who we are spiritually. The kingdom is within you. Within the seed is another life that can never be lived until the seed is buried. Natural life is seed life. The kingdom is within you. A seed cannot manifest what's in it without being Buried. So, so now again, watch this. Natural life is seed life. It isn't intended to be lived but buried so we can enter into fruit life. Natural life isn't intended to be lived. It's intended to be buried. Until natural life is buried, we're trying to live in this life like it's fruit life and it's actually seed life. The problem with living like I'm living fruit life when I'm living seed life is if you look at an, a, a carrot seed, you can't tell what it really is. until There's no way you can look at a carrot seed and say what it looks like on the inside without that seed being buried. 
Amen? There's no way you can look at a watermelon seed and know what's in that watermelon. Some of us don't understand. There's stuff in us that nobody will ever have an idea that's in us without being buried until we stop treating natural life like it's fruit life and not seed life. This is the key, and this is where the rubber meets the road. I'm not talking about being buried after we die, but being buried while we yet live. See, that's our problem. We all we put everything in the afterlife, and God said, no, 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 no. I'll call you to be led by the Spirit now. I'll call you to spiritual life now, but I said your natural life is a seed by which you enter into that spiritual life. He, I am not talking about being buried when you die. I'm talking about being buried while you live. Natural life speaks of the dimension of life called the flesh in which who I am is controlled by what I'm in. It is corrupt. It is corrupt. Natural life will cheat on his wife. Natural life will commit fornication. Natural life will lie to you. Natural life is, uh, is now uh, subject to perversion. Natural life is also weak. It is sown in weakness, raised in glory. Natural, in natural life, through hard times, we fight with discouragement. We give up sometimes. We throw in the towel. We feel like we're losing our mind because it's weak and it's dysfunctional. And so what God says is when you struggle and you're weak, you're dysfunctional in sin, my answer to you is to bury you. I'll bury you in financial issues. I will bury you in a job you can't stand. I will bury you in a marital issue you can't solve. I will bury you in a trial you cannot figure out. I will bury you in something you cannot solve. My solution to your dysfunction is not to fix it, but to bury you. Because you might go down worrying, but if you want you come up out of this, you're going to come up a praiser. You might go down in this being defeated, but when you come back out of this, you're going to come victorious. It is sown in corruption, but it is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. You might go down addicted, but you're going to come up anointed. You might go down broken, but you're going to come up whole. See, you know what our problem is? We don't shout because we don't understand. You're not stuck. You've been sown. I'm stuck right now. No, you've been sown right now. And your only way out is up. Your problem is you're trying to move forward, but you can't get out forward. You've been sown. You're in the ground. The only way up when you're in the ground is towards the sun. My God. Now, see, God puts, shows you in something where the only way out is up. The only way out is if you set your eye. You know why a plant comes out of the ground? It is not coming out of the ground simply because that's what plants do. It is responding to the sun that's hitting the ground. It knows that sun is on the other side of what's over me. And if I keep on going up, eventually the sun's light will get on me. It is... Try to plant a seed and don't give it no sun. 
I'm going to say that again because we actually think, like, oh, they just pop up. No, the only reason why they pop up is because they know if I get up out of this, I get to the sun. Go ahead, be God. See, God has put many of you in situations where your only way out is the sun. The only way out. You will not move forward. You will not alter anything. The only thing you can do to get out of what you're in is to come up another way. You can go down broken, but if you coming out, you got to come up whole. You can go down discouraged, but the only way out is if you come up another way walking in the joy of the Lord. What's God's answer for you if you fight with discouragement? Burial. What are you buried in right now? That's your answer to your discouragement. You still fighting with sin? What's God's answer for you? Burial. Right? Because you're going to come up righteous. Otherwise, you ain't coming out. You can't. A seed never moves forward. Show me a seed that moves forward in the ground. The only way out is up. Look at your neighbor, tell your neighbor, the only way out is up. I'm going to have to lift my head. I'm going to have to change my attitude. I'm going to have to submit to the word of God. I'm going to have to stop making excuses for my dysfunctions. The only way out is going towards the sun. A seed recognizes one thing. If everything in me is ever going to come out, I got to make it to the sun. My own, the only way out of this, can you imagine what is throwing a carrot seed in the ground? It goes down as a normal, dry, nothing phenomenal, nothing fantastic, average seed. And when you see it after it's sown, it comes up something that didn't look nothing like it did when it went down. You're about to come up and look like something that looked nothing like you did when you went through. Are you buried under something right now? Listen to me. Are you buried under a financial issue right now? Are you buried in a career issue right now? Are you buried in a financial issue right now? Are you buried in a struggle right now? Stop asking out. Stop asking God, when are you going to fix this? You were buried there to deal with your corruption. Uh, we're buried there because we go down in corruption, but we come up in, in corruption. We were buried there to deal deal with our weakness because uh, we go down weak uh, but we come up strong. Uh, you are not there because you're stuck. You're there because you've been sown. But I want to help you understand something about how 1 Corinthians 15 starts out. It says, uh, and according to the gospel, uh, Jesus came to this world uh, and he died according to the scriptures uh, and he was buried according to the scriptures. But on the third day he rose uh, according to the scriptures. What I'm telling you is those who get this revelation that you are not stuck, you've been sown in 72 hours, you're coming up. If you can get, I'm going to try to prophesy to you right here and right now. I'm here to tell you right now. Carrot seeds may take a season. Tomato seeds may take a season. Watermelon seeds may take a season. But sun seeds only take three days. What I want to tell you right now in the mighty name 
name of Jesus, if you say yes, God, I know I'm not here because I'm stuck, but I'm here because I'm sown and deal with my corruption, deal with my weakness, deal with my disobedience, deal with my rebellion. I just want up. I just want up. I just want up. I just want up. I don't even want out no more. I want up. I don't want to get out of it. I want to go up. I've been sown. I've been sown. I've been sown. I'm going to share this with you and we're closing. Put up the slide. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 35. In the message version, it blew my socks off. I'm going to share this and we're closing. Glory to the name of Jesus. If you, pull, if you try to pull yourself out of the dirt, you'll pull yourself out of your harvest. Before you bring in a harvest, you got to become one. To the, to the measure God harvests our heart, to that measure our harvest comes to our hands. Harvest is in the heart before it ever comes to the hands. How much do you love God? That's how much your heart has been harvested. How much your heart has been harvested indicates how much harvest is coming to you. Watch this. In the message version, it's so profound. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 35 in the message, it says, Some skeptic is sure to ask, show me how resurrection works. Give me a diagram. Draw me a picture. What does this resurrection body look like? If you look at this question closely, you'll realize how absurd it is. There are no diagrams for this kind of thing. But we do have a parallel experience in gardening. You plant a dead seed, soon there is a flourishing plant. There is no visual likeness between seed and plant. I'm going to say that again. There is no visual likeness between seed and plant. I'm going to say that again. There is no visual. I'm here to tell you what your marriage is going to look like. There is no visual likeness based on the way it looks right now. What your life looks like. There is no visual likeness of what it's going to look like after these 72 hours. Watch this. Watch this. Go ahead. You could never guess what a tomato would look like by looking at a tomato seed. What I'm trying to tell you is people will never guess what you're going to look like by looking at how you look right now. I'm telling you, they will not be able to guess what your finances will look like. They will not be able to guess what your anointing will look like. They will not be able to guess what your marriage will look like. It does not look like it's going to look after you go up. I need about 15 people that don't mind understanding. I'm not stuck. I'm sown. I dare you to understand your way out is up and people will not recognize what you're going to look like after this. It will be glorious. It will be breathtaking. It will be improbable. It won't make sense. you're addicted but after you come up you will not look nothing like that I know your marriage is dysfunctional but after it comes up you it will not look anything like that
you fight with heaviness. But after these 72 hours, your life, your joy, your mind, your victory, your glory won't look nothing like it looks right now. Somebody shout 72. I need you to get that down in your spirit right now. Somebody shout 72. Come on, I need you to shout that one more time. Somebody shout 72. There's some overnight twinkling of an eye stuff that's about to break out. God, through this word, even on tonight, has brought us into a realm that there's twinkling of an eye. There is 72 hour. There is just a suddenly grace that's being released upon the people of God that says, I'm not stuck, I'm sown. I don't care what I look like now. By Monday, my life won't look like it looks right now. By Monday, my marriage won't look the way it looks right now. By Monday, my health won't look like it looks right now. By Monday, my my family won't look the way it looks right now. Come on, there's a realm of glory. I'm about to go up. My God, I'm about to go up. My God, I'm about to go. This, that's my only way out. I'm not going to complain no more. I'm just going to go up. I'm not going to ask God to give me a pass no more. I'm just going to go up. I'm not going to ask what's wrong no more. I'm just going to go up. I'm here to tell you right now, if you're in sin, if you're in compromise, there's a deep burial coming your way. And God, God, mark this day on your calendar. What you've been doing that you know you shouldn't be doing, there's a burial coming. God is about to put you in something deep over your head, six feet deep. God is about to put you six feet deep, flesh deep. That's what I'm talking. That's the number of man. That's the number of flesh. God is about to put you six feet deep. And what you've been doing and getting away with, God will not allow you to get away with. He's going to put you so far under that you'll recognize if I don't go up, I will stay stuck and die here. God is not going to allow you to compromise, sin, no longer act like you don't understand this kingdom. My God, God is coming for you. And he's not coming to tell you it's all right. He's not coming to tell you he understands. He's coming with a shovel saying, I'm putting you under until you come up. I prophesy it. It won't be no more than 72 hours until dirt hits your head. Father God, you know how I got, got here? Can I tell you how I got here? I was buried. I was buried in grief. I was buried in suicidal thoughts. I was buried in depression. 
And I came to the conclusion when my mind began to contemplate killing myself, there's only one way out. God is about to bury you and bring you to the conclusion, ain't but one. I didn't get saved because I chose it. I got saved because that was my only way God loved me enough to cut off every other option. Some of you are willingly being disobedient and kicking against the gold and you wonder why you're in what you're in. God is burying you because you've went long enough in a religious garb that does not function in obedience. God is burying you. Stop kicking against the gold. You're under what you're under to deal with corruption, to deal with weakness, and to deal with disobedience. And you ain't coming out unless you go up. Why am I buried in this? Because you ain't coming up but no other way. Why am I stuck here and I can't change? Because you ain't coming up but one way. Towards the sun. Father God, I pray right now in the manema. My God, I shake up the seed of the word inside of your belly. I shake forth the seed of the word of God in your belly. You will not try to leave. You're coming up. You, you... I hear the Lord say, make your bed. Make your bed in what you're in and stop trying to come out. Stop trying to get an answer for what you're in. God said, I gave you the answer. I buried you because you can no longer function effectively in the version of seed life. I'm ready for you to bear fruit. My God, I created you to abide in me and, and my word to abide in you. I created you to bear much fruit and I created your fruit to remain. You've been a seed long enough. You function in natural flesh where you've defined yourself by what you're in instead of what's in you. And I'm not letting you out of this ground forward. I'm not letting you out of this ground backward and I'm not letting you out of what you're in sideward. The only way up for you, the only way up is up. The only way out is up. You will not come out. Your marriage will not change. Your mind will not change. Your heart will not change. Your attitude will not change. The only way out is up. No, it ain't the devil, it's God. You're going down corrupt, but you're coming up in incorruption. Father God, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for GRRC worship expression. And I thank you that you, tr you translate us tonight 
out of a seed life expression into a fruit life expression right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you that tonight, I thank you that this morning, I thank you, Lord God, that in this moment, you have now broken the bondage of flesh. You have broken the dimension of flesh that causes us to gain our identity by what we're in. And you have released a kingdom dimension on the inside of us that seeks light when it's buried, not answers when it's buried that seeks light when it's buried, not a solution when it's buried, that wants to go up towards the sun.